Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. This podcast is designed to give families information to help their students thrive in the Cobb School District. We'd like to hear what you think would be helpful topics to you and your family. So we have a link in the show notes to let you do that. All we ask is that it be a truly helpful topic that others can benefit from as well. Today, our topic may sound rather dry and mundane to you, but I assure you it affects your family and your school. We're talking about district policies and regulations. Without them, our teachers couldn't teach and our students couldn't learn. To help us understand how Cobb tackles setting these ground rules for everybody is Cobb's guru of the policy and planning department, Mr. Daryl York. Welcome to the podcast, Daryl. Thank you. I, I believe your actual title is director, but the terms are interchangeable at this uh, moment in time. We're going to rely on you a great deal. Students and parents mostly experience rules for students in, in the schools, but uh, rules don't just affect students in the schools. They do all sorts of things throughout the district. Can you kind of summarize what your work impacts throughout the district in terms of students, adults, everyone? Sure. So uh, there are a multitude of federal, state, and local requirements for schools. Um, Some apply to parents, some apply to students, others apply to the district and its employees. For instance, uh, there are federal regulations on what color we can paint a school bus. There are actually only three shades of yellow allowed under federal regulations that you can paint a school bus. That sounds very governmental. Yes, it is. It is. But that impacts things that we do within the district. Um, There are local state laws, such as those, uh, you know, addressing compulsory attendance Mm -hmm. that require parents to have their children enrolled in school. So, So those rules specifically address parents. And then we have our local rules that we have, such as a code of conduct for students. Mm -hmm. Some, but not all of those federal and state laws are repeated in our local rules and policies uh, as a service to parents and students so they can easily access those. Um, But, you know, all of them still apply, regardless of whether they are a law that's not repeated or whether it's a local policy that we've created. Okay, so you're is it fair to say that that some of the rules are, as you said, they're they're essentially copies of the the Georgia law, uh, but they're all kind of aggregated to, together for the sake of ease for the family. Is that kind of the right. purpose? I, you know, I, I jokingly mentioned the, the idea of the school buses. We don't have a policy on that because we know the district is going to follow the federal regulations right. when we purchase school buses. Okay, um, but there are certain uh, federal rules. There are certain state rules rules that may impact student discipline, and we will take those rules and put it in more user-friendly terms within our own local policies and rules that we publish for the parents. Okay, now you just mentioned the word policies and rules as though they are different. Can you help us understand that? I mean, it sounds like we're going to start reading the dictionary here, but I mean, honestly, there there are different purposes for these, Right. 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 So a a policy, and and I refer to those as a big P policy, there really are two uh, that we look at under the Board of Education. Mm -hmm. One is a board policy that addresses the board's function, uh, rules that the board sets for itself, how it conducts a meeting, how it elects its officers. Those are policies directed specifically to the board and their actions. Mm -hmm. Then there are other board policies that set a standard 
for the district? What are the expectations as we implement educational programs? Under state law, the board can't micromanage what we do on a daily basis, but they set those standards for us. Then we as administrators create what we call administrative rules, and that's how we implement those expectations. Those are the down and dirty, uh, you know, micromanagement uh-huh. uh, on the day-to-day process of the district that we do to fulfill the board's expectations. Okay. So can you give us an example of of each? So... <laughs> I sprung that on you. Yeah, <laughs> there would be a board policy that actually would reflect federal regulations um, that we are going to be non-discriminatory in our hiring practices. Okay. Then we have administrative rules and even department procedures of how we go about doing that. For instance, our human resources department may require a principal to interview uh, three different people for a position to make sure that we're reviewing more than just one candidate. Okay. Uh, go through background checks, go through a variety of things to ensure that we're following those not only federal, but our board's expectations on hiring personnel. So it's kind of like a our own quality assurance. It includes their, by their, I mean, uh, federal or state, whatever applies, uh, their requirements, but we also cobify it, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Fair enough. So a minute ago, you, you mentioned that the board has to abide by policies and rules. Are there any, can you give an example of, of what they have to deal with? So the, uh, there's a state law regarding board ethics, and therefore uh, the, the State Board of Education has adopted sample, uh, an ethics policy mm-hmm. that our board has adopted itself. And so that's how our board kind of regulates itself. Okay. And so that's that's an example of one of those policies specific to the board. Um, there is no requirement on how we elect a chairman of the board, uh-huh. but we have our own policy on how we elect a chair and a vice chair. Okay. So those are those, again, examples of policies on how the board conducts its own governance. Are there any guidelines to that? I mean, let's say that you, you have a, a board newly elected and they want to uh, do something dramatic. Are there, like, best practices defined anywhere uh, that that they tend to look at? Sure, there are. The Georgia School Board Association uh, is a great resource that boards around the state will use. Okay. Um, They do a lot of training for our board. Um, Our local attorneys uh, that are are hired by the board do training for the board on what the role of a board member is as an individual, Uh what the role of a board member is as a board member, and what the role of the board as an entire entity is in in overseeing the operations of the school district. So uh, there are a lot of uh, samples that may come either from Georgia School Board Association or from the Georgia State Board of Education that we can adopt and and tweak to okay. meet our local needs. So it's it's not always just somebody coming in saying, "Hey, I I think uh, we ought to change the rule to uh, uh, whoever's wearing purple that day gets to be board chair for the year." Right? I Correct. Mean, that, that would be <laughs> Correct. they could, but it would be an anomaly that would stand out. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. And and again, we we talk about there are those rules for board governance and how the board operates. Mm-hmm. Those are a little more flexible as long as they don't stray outside the guidelines from perhaps state law, state board of education rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, 
uh, when we look at the daily operations of the district, it's really to set those expectations. Um, I, I look at those board policies as being an umbrella uh-huh. under which we as district administrators operate on the day-to-day basis. Okay. And, um, I've, of course, I've got to throw the, the grenade into the discussion here. Robert's Rules of Order. Can you just very briefly, for those who aren't familiar with, with uh, formalized meetings, what is Robert's Rules and how does that affect our, and, our and I, I hate to answer this question because yeah. this is just tells you what kind of world I live in. But generally, <laughs> Robert's Rules of Order is a guide for conducting meetings and making decisions as a group. All right. Of any meeting. Uh, yeah. And it, it dates it, it dates back to 1876. Oh, and okay. and uh, uh, General Henry Robert, who wanted to take rules and practices of Congress that could be applied to non-legislative bodies. Okay. And Robert's Rules of Order is a book of over 700 pages oh. of how to do parliamentary procedures for board of directors, boards of education, I- any group that's that's operating. Yeah. And so how do you raise them? How do you make a motion? How do you take a vote? What is a quorum? All of those things is what you find in Robert's rules. And that's the the intent of that is to try to provide fairness to discussions and order so that everybody's heard. And, right. Okay. It, it is. It's really designed to provide order to uh, group meetings. OK. That parliamentary procedure. Now, what. Our board does is it bases its meeting on Robert's rules, but then it can add its own rules. We'd right. love to call those Daryl's rules, but I don't <laughs> want to take credit for those. Yeah, it's a shame you can't uh, get some sort of royalty off of that. Well, right? or, we, we, or we could call them <laughs> David's rules, and yeah. we would all. Let, let, let's talk afterwards. Okay. All right. So let's move on into the world of uh, the schools and, and the students. Um, so the district level. Uh, We've got policies and rules and and things of that nature. Are the schools locked into that? Are they required to abide by those? Or do they have, does I presume the principal, have any flexibility with those? Yes and no. (laughs) You like that answer? Sounds like a political answer, but go ahead. Yeah. So uh, let's take, for instance, the school calendar. Mm -hmm. All right. So the the board has directed the administration to develop a district calendar, what we think of our school calendar. Uh We start on August the 1st. We end, uh, you know, in May. Uh, But administration makes that calendar. So a local school doesn't have the authority to add extra holidays to the school calendar. Because our calendar is going to make sure that it meets the state requirements for time of instruction and, and that type of thing. However, a school does have the flexibility, for instance, at the high school, of what they do during that calendar, during the school day. Okay. So you see some high schools that have a traditional seven-period day, uh-huh. and you have some high schools that do a four-period block schedule. So there is some flexibility within uh-huh. the calendar, but the calendar itself, no, you, you can't create your own holiday okay. at David Owen High School. Oh, that does not sound very elite. Think um, of it this way, David. Uh, yeah. one, one of our leaders here has, has used this example before. Um, Chick-fil-A is not going to start selling hamburgers. All right. So there are certain rules, corporate rules, mm-hmm. about what Chick-fil-A is going to do. Here is their set menu and these kind of things. But how the local franchise wants to decorate, and I'm sure you've been in some that are decorated very similar. You know, they'll use the mascot of the local high school or or some local uh, decorations to reflect the the community that they're in. So there is some flexibility within that. 
but there's not flexibility on what my menu is going to look like. Well, that that's a great analogy. Um, let, let me push that a little bit. Let's see how far this goes. Um, obviously, one of the things uh, that schools and, and everybody in them have to abide by is, is uh, behavioral regulations, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what you can and can't do. Uh, and that applies to staff as well as students, right? Oh, yes. There's a complete set of rules and policies regarding staff and expectations. Okay. For them. So let's take a look at, at uh, student behavior a little more closely. Uh, how can there be consistency for unbiased enforcement of rules across an entire school system, uh, particularly one as widespread and massive as, as Cobb Schools is? How do you how do you make sure that everybody's treated fairly in that equation? Because, you know, people's perspectives are different across sure. the entire county. How do you – that sure. seems like a big task. Well, and the code of conduct is a, a great example of a lot of different things that go into rules and policies. Uh-huh. One is that there are certain state laws that require that we have specific things addressed in the code of conduct. Bullying, uh, fighting – sexual offenses. There are certain things there that have to be by law. Well, the, the law doesn't address skipping class. Right. But yet we have a rule on skipping class. Okay. Truancy. So non-negotiables versus absolute. Right. Okay. Yes. And what we feel is important for a productive school environment. Right. The law also requires that the code of conduct be age appropriate and that discipline be progressive. So having all of those as a background, then we can take a look at how we've developed a code of conduct. Mm-hmm. And if you take a look at, for instance, um, a first grader who's involved in a fight is not going to get the same consequence as a 10th grader involved in a fight. That's age appropriate consequences. Hmm. Nor is the child who skips class for the first time going to get the same consequence as a child who skips the class 10 times. That's progressive. Yeah. And so you see those two things throughout the code of conduct. Within that idea, Mm -hmm. age appropriate, we divide the code of conduct up by elementary, middle, and high. Okay. Progressive, we divide the code of conduct among first offense, second offense, third offense, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And then we, as a district, using parent input, administrative input, we've put together a code of conduct with discipline ranges. So, for instance, in middle school, a child who gets into a fight uh, can be suspended anywhere from three to five days. So there's a range. So it's kind of the parentheses on both ends of yeah. that. But that does leave some discretion with the administrator in implementing yeah. uh, that conduct because, it, it, as odd as it may sound, when we report that incident to the state— as I have told staffs many times in training, uh, the state wants to know whether it was a fight, a bad fight, or a really, really bad fight. <laughs> so, uh, you know, depending upon very individual circumstances, individualized circumstances, as long as the administrator stays within that range uh, of district-approved consequences, yeah. that does give some flexibility, but it also allows us consistency across the district. So if, if I may make a suggestion, maybe you should establish new categories such as uh, skirmish, 
uh, kerfuffle or a fisticuffs. Yes, we we could uh, we could micromanage uh, definitions all the way down to a, a very detailed area, um, but uh, you you still have some of that professional judgment. Yeah. Was it horseplay? Was it physical altercation? Was it a fight? Right. And our director of student support does a great job in training our principals and administrators in conjunction with our attorneys. I mean, we're, we're constantly working with staff to make sure that we are as consistent as possible over, you know, what, 113 schools, 103,000 children, you know, yeah. as, as the numbers go. Wow. How are families informed about rules and, and policies. How, how do they stay on top of this for their family? So the, the, the public can, can find that information on our website. There are some school districts that really only publish their board policies, so their rules and regulations are kind of hidden. Oh. And, and I hate to use a buzzword, but Cobb is very transparent and forthcoming, letting parents know what expectations are, whether yeah. that has to do with instructional expectations or student behavior expectations, whatever that may be. You can find it somewhere. Yes, yes. Okay. It's, it's going to be on our webpage um, under the Board of Education. You can find a link to the board policies and administrative rules, and they're all going to be there. In addition to that, we publish every year a family information guide. And that is available for parents. We update that every year. It includes specifically the code of conduct and several other bits of information uh, that may be required by federal or state law. In addition to things that we feel it's very important for parents on a, a yearly basis uh, to have that information readily available. There's a link again on our webpage. It's also part of uh, Parent View. Uh, there are some areas of Parent View you can't access unless you acknowledge that you've reviewed the family information guide. Oh. And so we keep that information. So we, we try to get things out uh, to folks as much as we can. Well, it sounds to me like uh, you guys have, have really thought through how to make life a little easier for families. And folks, these links that he mentioned are going to be uh, provided to you in the show notes. Just make sure you open the show notes and look, and you'll you'll see exactly what he's been talking about. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, is there anything sure. else you want to add? You know, I, I think when we take a look at how the board operates and, you know, what we do in our rules, uh, another thing for folks to understand is that anytime we change an administrative rule, the code of conduct, for instance, mm -hmm. we're going to present that to the Board of Education for discussion. And so it's going to be on the board agenda. So the public can follow as we're making those changes, what we recommend to the board. Okay. Uh, now, if if my title changes and I simply need to go into a policy or a rule and change the title of my division, uh -huh. no, we don't bring that to the board. That's mundane. It doesn't change the meaning of the rule itself. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, we publish those ahead of time. Uh, we, we want folks to be able to see. We want the board to review that before we, we present it to them. And so I think it's really important that – if you look at our website, I realize it is daunting, but that is because we are so focused on providing as much information to people as we can. Yeah. And and so if you've got questions, you, you, you know, there's a search function on the website. You should be able to plug it in and, and come up with something there. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time. I sure. know you've got a, a board meeting coming up later this week, yeah. and uh, that's never never an easy week for you, but uh, it's an important time that you've spent with us. So thanks again. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Make sure you follow or subscribe so that you can join us for the next edition of The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.